<laughs> Out of all of the fantastic titles we've ever had on podcasts here, this is by far one of the more interesting ones. Why is that? Because I had there was an ellipsis in the title before I opened this room, so I always saw I'm on my hands and knees begging, and I didn't know who we were begging that could to have do what. And then I opened up and we're we're yeah, it could have been anything, and we're just apparently we're begging the Browns to shut down the entire football. Yeah, program. honestly, if they just stopped existing tomorrow, I would not care. Like I wouldn't even react. If I were to react, I probably would celebrate because then I would have to st- because then I could stop pretending that I enjoy this. I'm so I'm so over it. I'm just I'm just done with it. It's just it's so bad at this point. And I understand this isn't the team. This isn't a complete team right now. Cuz our 250 million dollar quarterback is suspended for being a nasty man. But <laughs> it's just the defense t- is taken has taken an unimaginable step backwards from where they were last year. Last year that was the strength. Now that may also be because Baker Mayfield was awful. Still is. Um, actually just got benched for P.J. Walker in the year 2022, which is what you want uh, out of your quarterback. But oh yeah, the defense was a strength for this team down the stretch last season. And they just look like they don't know how to play football right now. It's crazy. And I'm not sure where this team goes the rest of the year. Now, Nowhere. I don't want to jump to any conclusions and suggest that anybody is out of playoff contention because the Browns are not going. To the there playoffs. are seven spots. They're not going to the playoffs. There's, right. There's no chance. Uh, that's all. I I don't expect them to, but all I'm saying is, I'm just a little bit curious as to what happens when Deshaun Watson gets back, because I think your team is going to talent wise. I think everybody would argue that talent wise they would significantly yes. improve on the offensive side of the ball. Correct. But he's also going to be in a year, I almost said an hour and a half, much more than that, a year and a half removed from playing football on a Sunday or Monday or Thursday, basically. So I'm there's going to be some rust that he's got to shake off, but I just wonder what kind of position your team's going to be in because I fear – that there is no victory for you in sight because I think that you're going to be probably in a position that's going to be hard to claw out of to make the playoffs. I, If you guys just lose a bunch of games when Deshaun Watson comes back, I think Browns fans are going to be pissed. And if Deshaun Watson comes back and wins some games, misses the playoffs, and then has that middle-of-the-road draft pick, I think Browns fans are also going to be pissed. Uh, I don't see how there's a win unless you guys put together this long string of victories, and I don't foresee that happening. No. Um... It also really sucks that we don't have a first-round pick for the next three years, so we're not really playing for anything. Um, luckily, not luckily. Oh, our next game's on Monday night. I forgot about that. It's the Bengals. Gross. Uh, yeah. Just, hey, Joe Burrow's never beat you, pal. Oh, yeah. I mean, he hasn't yet so far. But um, I'm looking at the Browns' schedule now. They got the Bengals on Monday night football in Cleveland. Week nine by at Miami, at Buffalo. Oh Jesus, at Buffalo. Tampa Bay comes here, which at the beginning of the year was a, bad, a hard game, but this now I think Tampa Bay might just actually be a bad football team. Uh, at Houston, that's when Deshaun Watson comes back, week thirteen. At Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, at Washington, at Pittsburgh. So looking at, I'm going to make my official predictions for the Browns now. They are two and five. They're going to lose on Monday night to the Bengals. They're going to lose to at Miami. They're going to lose in Buffalo. They're going to lose against Tampa. That's four in a row, I just say. So they're now two and nine. Uh, they're going to beat Houston. They're going to win at Cincinnati. They're going to lose to the Ravens. They're going to lose to the Saints, and then they're going to win out. Now they're going to lose at Pittsburgh because they haven't swept Pittsburgh in a hundred years. Final record, yeah, 5-12. Yeah, that's – well, no, that's not exactly what we were uh, – No, it absolutely well, is I not. Should say we, not exactly what you and the rest of Cleveland were hoping not for. At all. Not uh, at all. Not this season. No, I, like, <laughs> so as you're focused, almost squarely shifted onto college football and nothing else. That and the Cavs yeah, I mean, are know. awesome. Donovan Mitchell's sick. I like having him on my team. 
Um, These playoffs in Major League Baseball are pretty cool. Yeah. The Yankees got swept. That was awesome. Yeah, by a team that everybody loves, the Houston Astros. I love them. So I love them for the next, at least for the next month or so, or however long the World Series is going to be, because I need them to win. Not only do I have a separate future of them, but they would be the first leg of my five-team championship parlay, $5 to win 50 grand to cash. So that would be sick. They could do that for me. Um, but I'm glad you brought up baseball because I wanted to discuss the New York Yankees. Feel free. I, I was looking at the – I was just curious with the whole – because Aaron Judge is an unrestricted free agent. So I was just curious, and I I think ultimately he's going to end up signing with New York. But in my head, I just went through it like, what if he left? What's left on this roster? And so I think I'm looking at it right now. They got Giancarlo Stan. Isaiah Isaiah Kiner Falafel, or whatever his name is. He is... He has one more... He is arbitration player. So last year is Kiner Falafel's last year arbitration, so they have him for another year if they want him. Um, but they have Giancarlo Stanton, age 32 currently, locked up all the way through 2027 with a $10 million buyout in 2020, or a team option in 2028. But they're going to be paying this guy 30 plus million all the way for the next four years. And he's already 32, so there's that. Obviously, Garrett Cole is getting paid $36 million through, like, 2028. So, you're stuck with him. And he, I mean, he's fine, but he had two good games against the Guardians in the playoffs, and that was practically it. I don't know how, what the consensus is within the Yankees fandom. I don't think he's been worth that contract for $36 million a year. I know it's the Yankees and that money is just an object to them, but... Is it really worth it? Given his age, I'm very hesitant to pay guys ridiculous amounts of money because I talk about I talk about it all the time on this show that there is a salary cap that exists in Major League Baseball. It's just every team's individual salary mm-hmm. cap that their owner basically decides because they do have a limit. You know, if it, it fluctuates, it you know. It's a number, give or take a few, but there's still a number that owners will say no to. And so I just fear that if you jump on board with some of these ridiculous contracts, you are going to have, you're going to really have a top heavy team. I think that's good for basketball. I don't think that's good necessarily for baseball because this sport is a, is an individual sport masquerading as a team sport. And uh, you got nine individuals that you got to trot out there all the time. Mm-hmm. And if two of them are significantly more talented than the rest, I don't think that's a great thing because then you're going to have, what's that, like 78% of the time, you're going to have bad individuals representing your baseball team. So I- I'm always a little bit nervous. Now, you could just be the Dodgers or the Mets and just say, yeah, well, we're going to pay right. everybody. We're going we're gonna to have an entire, an entire lineup built up or half our lineup built up of these crazy contracts, and we don't even care. And then, okay, I, I just – but you got to be all in on it. You can't just be like, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to experiment and we're going to get this one player uh, or these two – you know, let's get uh, – well, I don't, I don't even want to bring the Angels into it because they've tried. Yeah, just Those contracts haven't worked out because the players that they've paid for suck, right. not because everyone sucked around they them. They did try to get Gary although. Cole. Yeah, they tried, and they got Anthony Rendon, who turned out to be pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, relative to expectations, I, I'm not saying he's the worst player no, ever, but, he but uh, I think uh, right. What two hundred fifty so, million, or something like that. Something. Yeah, C.J. Wilson is another famous oh, contract didn't work out. Josh Hamilton, we could go all the way down Pujols. the line, and uh, oh, I that should have been the first yeah, one well, that Pujols I brought up. Of course. Decent the first couple seasons there and then he kind of tailed off but but he absolutely was not that was a gradual drop off that started in st louis and they they got out man talk about selling high Uh, the cardinals sold high and that was a great decision to do so because it just was not the 
You saw, I, th- I think it was his last year in St. Louis. It was where you start, started to see a drop-off. But at the time, that's only one year. So right. you don't know what's coming down the pike for 10 more years. It just so happened that gradual decline continued all the way down, you know, minus the, the 2015 All-Star season. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Where he was re- representing the team in uh, Great American Ballpark. He made his return. Uh, so he got to go hang out with some of his old teammates at, the, at that game. Right. I- but I mean, I'm looking at his numbers you gotta be... in Los Angeles Go now. His first four seasons in Los Angeles, he totaled 146 home runs, 488 RBI. He did only hit 266, which is well below his average. But like you just said, that final year in St. Louis, well, it wasn't obviously like the start of his decline. But if you look at the previous years before his final year in St. Louis, he had – okay, so from his rookie – okay, let me – let me let me calculate here. From his rookie season to his second to last season in St. Louis. Of course, it's not going to give me the data now. Hold on. It, from his rookie season to his second to last season in St. Louis. Uh, with his first run in St. Louis. He had 408 home runs, 1230 RBI, a slash of 331, 426, 625, and then a 1050 OPS. And he had, this is also really remarkable to me, from from his rookie season to where 2010, the, so nine years, he had 100-plus RBI in every season. He had 35-plus, 32-plus home runs in every season. He never hit below 300. He never, let me, he never hit below 312, which was that 2010. So, I mean, he was the best player. He had three MVPs. He was the best player in baseball. And then that 2011, you say it's the start of his downfall, which it is if you look at the numbers before, what I just told you. But he still hit 37 home runs, had 99 RBI, hit, 220, hit 299, 366 OBP, 906 OPS. I mean, he's still that dude. And then his first year in L.A., he had 30 bombs, 105 RBI. But then you saw that average fall down to 285, and it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Yep, and at that point, you're just like, uh, I didn't even remember that it was 40. But you know what? Good for him. And, I again, I apologize for bringing the Angels into this because they're not even the team that I'm talking about. It just so happens that the players that they've signed were terrible. Yeah. Um, I'm more so trying to talk about teams who signed just – they have a couple big players and then the rest of this crew. I, and I, I really do hate to even – even hint at the well i i I gotta bring him up gotta bring him up because uh first of all i will before i slander your team i will congratulate that and i and i hate doing this i don't like to just throw out a bunch of compliments right before i slander somebody just to like however make the blow a little bit easier to take but i do i have been impressed with the guardians and i have praised Mm -hmm. them and i praised terry francona Mm -hmm. for his work Mm -hmm. with the organization uh, because I feel like that he's done a lot with a relatively small amount of talent compared to a lot of the other payrolls that other teams have. So I, I've I've lately been giving the Guardians a lot of credit. So I, I would like to establish that because I've been saying that you know off of this podcast. Might as well say it on this podcast now. I will jump back in and say that. Jose Ramirez is your lone big contract guy, sure. even though you kind of got a steal. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's not He's not exactly a $300 million. And I don't even remember how old he's he is. So I don't even know if $300 million would make So that's okay, so never going to be a $300 million guy. Yeah, th- that number doesn't even make sense. But how many years did you get? And what was the – wasn't it like 160? It was seven years. Well, or no, it was five years, like – I want to say five years, like 170 or 160. But that doesn't kick in. Yeah. I don't think that kicks in until 2024. Oh, my gosh. See, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's going he's, he's gonna to die a Yeah, he's locked up through 2028 with no options. That's incredible. That's That was the best part about it. There's no options in it. And there is a no trade clause, but I cannot imagine 
the Guardians ever trading Jose Ramirez at this point. At this point. No. In fact, I think Jose Ramirez is – he's closing in on having the automatic no-trade clause because the rule is oh, yeah. if you have 10 years of service time and the past five years have been on the same team, you automatically qualify for a no-trade clause. So I basically that no-trade clause is only going to last like two years because it would have kicked in anyway. So, again, I, I don't think that – Jose Ramirez is going to be someone who is traded, at least not the near future, maybe at the end of that contract, Mm -hmm. depending on, but that is a hefty contract to pick up. So that's not typically a contract that gets traded super easily, but I, I, I wonder how that's going to affect the team. And maybe you can comment on this since their playoff uh, tenure just ended. And I I will say in disappointing fashion, when you had a two, one lead, uh, but okay. do you think that the lineup was not built very well around Jose Ramirez? And again, not Terry Franklin's right. fault. That's an ownership issue because he's the one dishing out the money. But did you notice that where you're like, man, we are a one man team. Did you feel that way? No. The same way that Yankee fans are feeling that Aaron judge was a one man. So team? actually Jose Ramirez was pretty pedestrian down the stretch of the season. And actually we can now pinpoint it because a report came out an annual report at this point. I mean, it's almost a scheduled tweet at this point that Jose Ramirez had hand surgery following the season, which I think he has every year of his career, because he broke his hand all the way back when they went to San Diego in June. And he just never got surgery. He decided to play through it. And if you look at his split... Huh, sounds like another sounds like another recent Cleveland player in a different sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah, LeBron. Um, no, Baker. When was that? Last torn labrum. Oh, well, oh, yeah, well, Jose Ramirez is good at what he does, so that's why it's more noticeable. But um, <laughs> if you look at his stats, if you look at Jose Ramirez's stats uh, pre-breaking his hand and post-breaking his hand, like, he was the best player in baseball pre-breaking his hand. And then post, he was just kind of pedestrian. And you could see it in the postseason. But um, the lineup's way – the team is just way too young to assess this, to, to just assess them because – Oscar, Oscar, we didn't know what Oscar Gonzalez was coming up, and then he became huge. We didn't, we obviously didn't know Stephen Kwan was going to be the best hitter in, of all time. We didn't know Andres Jimenez was going to be the all-star starter, albeit he was starting for an injury, but he just certainly deserved his spot. We didn't know, Cla- or, uh, not the pitchers, we didn't know any of these guys, and then they just all came out of nowhere. Now they're all young. It's not a power-hitting team. That's not sustainable. If the, Even if they were to beat the Yankees, even if they did beat the Yankees and the DS, they were going to get their asses handed to them by the Astros. Because if you look at the, the, <laughs> the Astros are what Cleveland could be if this <clears throat> if this Guardians team starts firing at full capacity. Because they're a really good pitching team, really dominant in the bullpen. They got pop in their lineup, and they don't swing and miss. That is exactly what the Guardians do, minus the pop in their lineup. So it, the only thing the Guardians can do now is just wait because they got all these dudes locked up. Stephen Kwan won't hit the open market until 2028. Andres Jimenez and Tristan McKenzie won't hit the open market until 2027. Emmanuel Classe is locked up through at least 2026 20, with two team options at 27 and 28. Same with Miles Straw, who plays in elite center field. Uh, Cal Quantrill's are not a free agent until 2026. Neither is Josh Naylor. Ahmed Rosario has one more year of club control. They'll probably trade him. Um, Police sack couldn't care less what happens to him. Um, and that's all it's showing me on this page. But what I'm saying is that if you just give the Guardians time, I think this is a team that could. I I I, I kind of started saying it last year, like. The Guardians might be good starting next year, but I don't think they were. I didn't think they were going to be. They ended up winning the division, but this could be a really good team because we're not. We haven't even seen some of their top prospects come up yet. We've only seen some guys that are exceeding at the major league level. We're not seeing their top prospects yet. So this team is only going to get better. And now that Jose Ramirez is locked up, we got a one of the best players in baseball to surround the youngest team in baseball. So. I'm glad the Yankees 
went to the ALCS. We're actually the real winners of this whole postseason. Now that I'm talking about it. Um, oh yeah. yeah! Now all the pieces are coming together, and it sounds like you know what? This was actually the Guardians' postseason after all, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely was. There was never a chance of anybody else owning this postseason. This was the Guardians. <laughs> after the walk-off, that's what I heard. It became the, the Guardians won the World Series. My eyes after Game Three. <laughs> hey, well, there you go. You know what? That's how we're going to treat it on this show, all right? No matter who wins, it it always was and it always will be the Guardians. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely always will be. I'm, I can't. I already can't wait for next season. Like I said, I have mentally checked out of the Browns. I'm, I do not care if they win or lose at this point. Like when that um, – By the way. When they, when they were kicking the field goal to tie it up against Baltimore last week, and it was so obviously blocked and just hooked all the way to the left. Didn't even react. Everyone else around me is like, oh, of course, the Browns. I just stared at the TV, emotionless. Couldn't care less. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> since, you've, uh, since you're done with pro football, I can't help but double-check and make sure that you're still okay with college football. Can't get enough of it. Okay. Are you aware that there is a – uh, sports holiday a week from today. A week from today. What is yes. that? Tuesday. I don't. Even, I gotta pull up the calendar. Hold on. I want to guess this. I don't even know what the date is. November first. I'll give you that. It, it, oh, it happens on November first. Um. A mo- said it was a momentous day. Yes. Worry less about the date. Just more about this time of year because it fluctuates. It's like, kind of like Thanksgiving; it fluctuates. It's not the start of college basketball because that's the seventh. Um, no, but it, it's it's college sports related. Oh, matching. Maybe. It Let is me a week from today. That's not even what I, I was mean, talking. It is a week from today. That's why. Oh, is that well? That's not what I was talking about. But it's it's think of better conferences. <laughs> Hmm. How dare I just say that? A week from t- on a Tuesday that isn't matching. Let me think here. Well, hot damn, you were right. It, there's no right, next saying. Tuesday. That's not even what I was talking about. Oh, that's funny. What the hell is going on a week from today? There's not... I. Not a damn thing. I don't know. What is it? The day that we bid adieu and say kiss my ass to the AP poll. Oh, yes. Ah, yes. Yes. Pull up that monstrosity. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. AP poll. Top 25. That's what I'm talking about right there. I didn't even look at it, to be honest, this week. We the same top um, five. No, we don't have the same top five. That's just a lie. Um, LSU is 18th. That's a little overreaction, but they definitely you. belong. South Carolina, give me a fucking break. These guys. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, I knew there was one that I loved give that me, you were going to hate. Give me a break. This team sucks. <laughs> this team is so <laughs> bad. You know what happened? And I said it last week. The AP poll runs on AP poll time. They only rank teams. They only put these teams that should be ranked in there when they see enough buzz on Twitter about it. Or they're watching a college football game because there's no other good games on. And they see that nice little 5-2 and record for South Carolina. Like, oh, well, this team must be fucking sick. No, they suck. They stink. They are playing bad teams. They beat up on a bad Texas A&M team. Spencer Rattler is doing just enough. He still sucks. He's doing just enough to keep this team in football games. That's all they're doing. They're not good. And, of course, they're ranked. I would rank a three-loss Texas over them. Liberty should be ranked above them. Oregon State should be ranked above them. I would rank Mississippi State, who just lost, above them. It, it, It doesn't make sense. I I don't get it. Shout out to Tulane, though. (laughs) 
I, yeah, I think they're slowly but surely moving their way up, and their coach is about to get a big time job. Like Illinois that. doesn't move. I I, kn- I know they're never going to move Illinois around because they're scared to move teams that aren't usually up there, up around. But Illinois is a good team, and people just aren't watching Illinois football. That's the problem. Um, now me as an Illinois football savant, I have them ranked. Um, where do I have fourteenth? I have them ranked fourteenth. My top five stayed the same. Ohio State, Tennessee, Georgia, Michigan, Clemson. Although Clemson, I'm getting less and less impressed with every week. Um, yep. I, uh, I'm i going to do something that I do not oh. like. I'm going to say that Georgia won the bye week. And I'm going to say that Oregon's victory uh, over UCLA gets Georgia some some bonus points. And I'm going to have... I'm going to have Georgia jump Clemson. So I'm going to have Tennessee, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, Ohio State, Gap, Alabama State. I still have Ohio State one. I still think they're the best team of all not of all time. I still think they're the best team in college oh my, football. Holy cow. I, say, no, that's not I, thought, I thought Sam Block just hosted the yeah. podcast. Well, I, I will say, Ohio State just – they didn't play good last week. They just didn't. If Ohio State playing bad is – means beating a really good defense 54 to 10 i'm all for it um however they did not play well yesterday and that that needs to be said uh tennessee too they didn't they played you and i practically uh last week uh (laughs) georgia three michigan four clemson five tcu six alabama seven oregon eight wake forest nine ten oklahoma state and then let me just rattle these off. UCLA 11, 12 Utah, 13 USC, 14 Illinois, 15 Old Miss. I think I, I honestly think I have Old Miss a little too high now that I'm looking at it. They're not that great. Uh, or uh, Syracuse now that I'm looking at it. I have them 17. Kansas State, I have 16. I think I kept them right where they were. Nope, moved them down a couple spots. Kansas State, I have 16. Syracuse, 17. <laughs> North Carolina, 18. Tulane, 19. Uh, 20 Penn State, 21 LSU, 21 Cincinnati, or I just wrote 21 twice. Oh, I have 26 teams this week, and we're just all going to deal with it. Uh, 21 Cincinnati, <laughs> 22 Oregon State. They're back. They're playing really good football right now. Uh, 23 Kentucky, 24 Liberty. If Liberty wins next week, they're going to be in. Like I just said, the AP poll isn't caught up. Those old fucks aren't caught up yet. And then 25, which mm-hmm. would be my, which is actually 26 is NC State, and then others receiving votes. I have Coastal Carolina, Texas, Maryland, um, Troy, and um, uh, Florida State. That's I'm sorry, team. what state? Florida State. That's another team, like I just said, with Liberty. Wow. Troy is, if they keep winning, they're, I think they had three votes this week. Uh, they will get in because they people voters haven't been mentioned enough on Twitter about it. Uh, that motherfucker from Notre, Dame, from Notre Dame still has Alabama ranked over Tennessee, which is just awesome. Um, uh, he's, he's in a coma. He's, somebody's yeah. doing a mail-in ballot for him. But Oregon, I'm telling you what, they're, they're good. Like, they're not just I, – I don't want to, like, penalize them – or, like, completely ignore what happened against Georgia because that happened, it's on the resume, and it forever will be. But they are light years improved. Uh, Yeah, from where they were to start the year. Oregon looks really, really good in that game. And, I, you know, everyone can deal with one loss, I guess. Yeah. So, a one-loss Pac-12 team still in the, in the Pac-12. And they're – Yeah. And I think, um, well, gosh, is that entire conference full of one losses now? Yes, Utah, Utah, and USC. USC, with the other two. USC and they're UCLA, both. Um, I think Oregon. Oregon, yeah. So, all right, so those, those were the four teams in contention. Um, yeah, so I think that the conference is still alive, although hanging by a thread. And I, I want to see it compete. Now, this is the ultimate year for. Uh, basically no room for error because I think you're, you are easily going to see the college football playoff committee, who, by the way, we haven't even had a chance to evaluate yet, but we'll see it next week. So we don't even know what they're thinking, but 
something tells me that they're not going to be shy this year about letting in two teams from one conference, no. uh, if not uh, if not having that same thing done twice in two separate conferences, whether it be the SEC and the Big right. Ten, or or maybe the the doomsday scenario of three SEC teams if they all beat each other and we have that love triangle. Is that here. even possible? Oh, uh, yeah, it is. I forgot Tennessee. I yeah, you'll have so the way that would work is you'd have a twelve and one champion Alabama. You'd have a twelve and one runner up in Georgia, and you'll have a twelve and you'll have an eleven and one Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's how that would situate. And oh my gosh, here we go again. Uh, deja vu. Although I think Penn State had two losses at that at that point, so not an exact copy of what we saw in 2016 between Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. But we'll see what happens coming down here the next few weeks because this could get messy, which is fun for us as viewers. But I do think that the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are automatically going to be on the outside looking in because I think it's just we are we're trained we've trained our minds as college football fans to just view them as afterthoughts and also those two i think are competing for one spot i think that the way michigan and ohio if michigan and ohio state play each other close and either way if one team gets blown out they're they're going to be done they're going to they're going to miss mm-hmm. the the tournament uh, the playoff if it's close and if it's like, well, uh, you know, Ohio State had a three-point victory on a last-second field goal. They were at home. So, you know, are they really that much better than Michigan? What would happen on a, on a neutral field? What do we think would happen? If you could kind of play that game in your head a little bit, you could easily justify both Ohio State should get in, then why not Michigan? Because they're right there with them if we think Ohio State is one of the four best mm-hmm. teams. So I think that the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are fighting for one spot. So there's basically no room for error for the Pac-12. But – I do think it's really entertaining football, and I like that there's a lot of teams in the mix, at least for that one spot. Yeah. Um, I, unless it's TCU, I don't think the Big 12 has a chance, to be honest. Because I don't know. Oklahoma State, just watching them, they're ranked high because they have a really good offense and they have some really decent wins. But they're just not – they're just so beatable. Like I think TCU is extremely beatable too, but they are seven and zero, and they have a lot of good wins on their schedule. But they they played like so many hurt quarterbacks, so many teams with hurt quarterbacks is so funny. But and they are very lucky, they are very lucky. But I I am willing to admit I was very wrong about them because I had under six and a half wins um, that did not hit. They have. Uh, no. They haven't even reached their first <laughs> loss, and it did not hit. Um, so that's great. Uh, Michigan's looking good, though, on their win total. Um, but, yeah, I, the Pac-12 is interesting because, well, first of all, we don't even know what the committee thinks. We have no idea what the committee thinks about how the season is transpiring right now. Like, they could have UCLA, like, ranked 25th, for all we know. They could have... USC ranked 17th for all they could have they could have Alabama ranked number one for all we know it's we don't know and but I do agree I think at I think there's going to be a conference that has there's going to be at least one conference that has multiple teams representing but it's most likely going to be in all SEC all Big Ten because I think they would take a one loss Ohio State and or Michigan over TCU or Oklahoma State or Oregon or if Clemson finds a way to lose or Pac-12, whoever's the Pac-12 champion at that point. Well, all right, here's your opportunity, Ohio State fans. Here's your opportunity to show some consistency Uh-oh. because I'm starting to see a lot of Ohio State fans run amok on Twitter comparing the Ohio State-Iowa score to the Michigan-Iowa score. Not even close. Here's your opportunity. Here's your chance to show some consistency. If Clemson goes into South Bend and controls the game and you actually give Clemson credit for that, then I will think, I will think high, higher of you then than I currently do. 
because I currently think that the art, the narrative is always skewed in Ohio State's favor. But seeing what we saw in the shoe, and I don't want to hear all is week one. Those, I, hey, it's still I'm not one of these guys that just I, I'm not one of the Heisman voters that only watches the last two games of the season and then completely rearranges my entire <laughs> belief system that I've been creating for 12 weeks because I saw two games. So not me, but Clemson. Because Notre Dame did this to themselves, one of the drawbacks of not having a conference is that everybody can screw you by just putting their bye in front of your game. So much like most of Notre Dame's opponents, Clemson has a bye this week, and then they will play Notre Dame in South Bend next week. And I think that'll be a telling game because I think Notre Dame, although tremendously underperforming frequently, and constantly shooting themselves in the foot. I think they have a talented team that has a high ceiling. It just so happens that they also have a significantly low floor. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens in that game. And then we'll see. Well, first of all, we'll see how they manage the quarterbacks. Because, I look, I know Cade Klubnick came into that game. He threw four passes. It's not like he saved the day. If anything, he saved it with his legs. But he also he drew two big personal foul penalties that were completely oh, uh, yeah. on – on the shoulders of the Syracuse defense, which made dumb mistakes and weird spots. Also, I thought they were slightly ticky-tack, but don't just let, oh, Kate Klubnick led this giant comeback. He's starting. No, I don't think that's the case. He, he didn't do a ton, but still something to monitor. So I'm curious, DJ, as to what you think is going to happen in South Bend, not this week, but next week. And, how you think that's going to update the perception of both Clemson and of Ohio State? Um, it won't affect my evaluation of Ohio State, and like even in the slightest, because Ohio State wouldn't be playing in that game. And because I am of the belief that teams are allowed to have a game where they just don't look good. Every team in the country has one of those games this year. Georgia has two of them. Ohio State has one against uh, Notre Dame. Tennessee barely beat Pitt's backup quarterback. Michigan, the first couple, three games of the Big Ten season did not look great. Clemson, they kind of fucked around with um, NC State, NC State, Florida State, and now Syracuse. Syracuse isn't that good. They're just undefeated. They, they fucked around too much with Syracuse. They kind of – they're good. Like, Clemson's good. They're just messing around with teams. Alabama obviously has a loss. I just said TCU has now played, I think, three teams – three games where the opposing starting quarterback got hurt in the first quarter. Uh, Kansas last week against Kansas State, and then I can't remember the – I think Baylor. But um, Oregon got their balls kicked in. Oklahoma State – who did Oklahoma State lose to? They lost to TCU in That's overtime. That's right. They lost to TCU. USC kind of – at the beginning of the year, USC looked like they were just going to walk through the Pac-12. Now they just – they don't look that great. They look good. They don't look that great. But what I'm saying is every team has a blip on their radar or a blip on their resume. Ohio State just happened to become week one when all eyes were on them. And since then, they have just been statistically the most dominant team in football, college football. But I do. I, I'm not saying that Clemson can't be ranked over Ohio State even currently. If you think Clemson is a better football team, I'm not going to. I'm no, not, I'm not necessarily going are. to dispute it. I think you're wrong, but I'm not going to dispute it because Clemson's good. No. Their defense is not great, which is a problem. And like you said. And I, I always bring this up now because I love it. But this is a struggle. It's a struggle for Clemson to reach 30 points. And yeah. now that they just – whether they whether uh, Dabo wants a quarterback controversy or not, he just created one. So now <laughs> you have to deal with that. I, I just don't – I don't see how you – why you would rank Ohio State over Clemson, but I'm not going to, like – I'm not going to call you stupid if you do. I mean, somebody voted Clemson in first place. I don't know who, but somebody did. They have a first place vote for for a reason. (laughs) Well, let me me mention this. I do not think that Clemson is the best team in America. I don't – I currently have them third. I'll tell you who I think the best team in America is. I think that's Georgia. 
I think Probably, that to be they do not des- they do not deserve again. Although Oregon is making them look darn good right now, which I have no problem with, but they do not deserve the number one spot because they fooled around with Kent State and fooled around with Missouri. So I think that punishes them a little bit. Firmly number one in the country, I believe, but that's just who I think has the most talent. And second most talent, probably Ohio State or Alabama, but Alabama's secondary looked pretty bad against Tennessee. Yeah. Not, not like uh, – there were busted coverages and just uncharacteristic glaring mistakes on that defense. So, Which, by the way, uh, people are also criticizing Tennessee for – constantly giving up too many points they think a lot of people think that tennessee is just a slightly well i shouldn't say slightly they think they're just a better version of Ole miss where we're just going to play a bunch of offense and then hope that our defense gets one or two stops and that's all we need so i uh I, i'm certainly not trying to make it sound like i think ohio state is a you know they're just oh they'd be, be so lucky to make the play no i as far as the rankings go right now i think tennessee Georgia and Clemson have earned the top three. I really question whether or not Clemson is going to be because we basically bracketed this off. All right, fine. We'll, we'll include Alabama just for fun. We basically bracketed this off into a top six. And then I'm sorry, TCU, you're on the outside looking in. I, I'm. We'll see. We'll see if Max Duggan can get it done for you. But we basically closed off the top six, and okay, this is our playoff bubble. I think Clemson is probably the worst of those six, but they have rank, but they have wins against three pretty good ranked teams. Now, again, as you said, as you said that I said, it takes all sixty minutes for them to score their thirty plus mm-hmm. points. Now they're going to get there, but it's going to take them a long time to yes. do it, and it's going to look ugly in the process. But they will get there eventually. So. I think everybody else is capable of more than Clemson is. I think they're the worst, but I got to give them credit. They're one of the only teams that have actually played a decently tough schedule so far this year, and they've they've taken care of it. Correct. Their schedule has been tough, and it's not getting much easier. Because no matter how good or bad Notre Dame is, going to South Bend is tough no matter what. Um, But – the, I, the main difference between how I view Clemson and how I view Ohio State are, like like you just said, it takes all 60 minutes for Clemson to put together the perfect game plan to win. And we saw that last week. They needed all 60 minutes or else they were going to lose. And Ohio State, they, they didn't look all that great. C.J. Stroud had a bad game against Iowa, and they put up 54 points. Now, part of that is because Iowa's offense is so inept that they just kept giving the ball over. But you look at and Ohio State having a bad game, their defense was able to pick them up. I, I don't think enough people are realizing just how good Ohio State's defense is right now. I, and, again, they're not playing anybody. They're not playing anybody of note. But they are – that's the difference between – with 2019 being the outlier because that was just – that was one of the one to five best Ohio State teams of all time, and offensively and defensively. But every year before that, their biggest problem was they were soft as hell on defense. And you could see it in the games in which against teams that they're blowing out this year, the, the, those same games in previous years, they weren't blowing them out or they were allowing them to stick around longer than they should have. And that's because the defense was soft. And the offense kept rolling, and the offense is rolling actually at a higher clip right now. But the defense is what takes Ohio State over the top, which is as weird as it is to sound. By the way, uh, Russell Westbrook just got benched, basically, I assume, before the game even happens tonight. Uh, He's listed as doubtful with a hamstring. I'm going to say that he's doubtful with a disinterest with the Lakers being – tomorrow, I'm sorry – with the Lakers being disinterested in playing him, but that's just yeah, my thing. Uh, but free LeBron, I, man. I, I bring him back to Cleveland. LeBron, come back <laughs> home. 
Actually, no, we're pretty fucking I gotta good say this about Ohio you. State. Enjoy LA. Enjoy Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah, oh, remember last year when he just showed up and he thought, hey, oh, I'm really impressed. Oh, this Darius Garland cat, Evan Mobley, this, this looks like fun. Yeah, but you guess what? You don't get to just come back and and take Cleveland whenever you want them oh, to. Oh, he can do that and, oh, hey, he, The door is always open to LeBron James in this city. There is, There will never be a day anymore outside of the one time we did where we shunned that man. Uh, I think you should shut him all the time. That's just my take. Nice. He's too good at basketball for me. Uh, to him. Well, they take the Warriors game. Right. I was talking to myself, but um, Ohio State thought. I believe I would like it if. Tommy Eichenberg were bad. Oh, he's awesome. Because he was terrible last year. He was terrible last year. He's great. I mean, he's... I would like it if he were bad. Why would you like it if he were bad? Kind of good. Because he was bad last year, and I think that's who he is. <laughs> I don't I don't have room for improvement. Hmm. Oh, you want trivia? I do. I'm, I'm just now writing them, actually, because I realized I forgot. So, but I have to, so... I forgot pretty early on, too. Okay. Let me ask you what I think. You know what? We've been talking about the college football playoff rankings, so here we go. I'll I'll even put your mind in that sort of space, all right? Okay. It's 2018. 2018. Trevor Lawrence has basically kicked Kelly Bryant out of Clemson, South Carolina, where he he would go on to transfer and be the quarterback in Missouri. Yes. That's the year we're dealing with, 2018. Okay. Who were the original four in the college football playoff rankings that year? Are you gonna? Does does not have to be in order. Are you? I know them. I know them in order. Actually, it's Alabama one, Clemson two, LSU three, Notre Dame four. Well, there you go. I I only knew that because at the beginning of the year, that was Joe Burrow's first year at LSU. I said. LSU is going to fuck around and find themselves in the playoff talk at one point this season. Because at, b- before that, nobody really thought they were much of anything. And I was so right about that take, and nobody believed it. Um, okay. Mine is a baseball question. How... Uh, um, I just lost it. Here it is. Question. Which team was the last to reach the World Series without losing a postseason game? They lost a game in the World Series but they went undefeated prior to that. So I guess they went 7-0. Gosh, I I don't have a clue. I might as well just guess. Uh, I'm I'm just going to guess that it happened in our lifetime. It did. Sure, why not? Um, Sweet. Uh, the. Did you say World Series champion or just any team to play in the World Series? Which any team to play in the World Series? Okay. The two thousand nine Phillies. That's all. No, 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 no. What am I? What am I talking about? What a horrible guess. I know for a fact that they. Because Pedro Martinez pitched in like a game six or something. What am I talking about? Um, no, no, no. Uh, you know what? I got either the Giants in 2010, 2012, or 2014. <laughs> if it's not the Giants, just tell me now because I'm, I'm just going to blindly pick one of those three. All right. Who was it? It was the team the Giants uh, played. It was the 2014 Kansas City Royals. Oh, so it was a wild card team. I know. You said so they went 7-0. and all. I'm like, oh, he's not getting it. Yeah. All right. More college football. Okay. More college football playoff. Okay. One of our – one of you and I's – that's not – one of our <laughs> – Favorite college football games of all time is that Georgia Clemson. Uh, no, no, no. Georgia Oklahoma Rose Bowl game in the college football playoffs. Correct. Yes. 
There's your question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was the highest scoring college football playoff game ever. Since the college football playoff has started, what is the second highest scoring game? And I will say this is tough because there are many, many candidates. Yeah. Second highest scoring game in the college football playoff. Okay, so Ohio State, Alabama, maybe. Or maybe Oregon, Florida State, because it was close for a while there, and then Oregon just killed them, just steamrolled them. So, okay, so Ohio State ended 42 to 35. So that's 77 points. I want to say, like, Oregon won, like, 58. No, they won by 40 because Urban Meyer had a really good reaction after the Sugar Bowl. Um. <laughs> So they won by so it might be that game, but hold on. Wait, how do you know the wait? What? How do you know the final score of the Oregon Florida State game based off of Urban Meyer's reaction? To I don't know the exact score, but some a reporter asked him like after the game after his Oregon versus Ohio State was set. He said he he brought up you know Oregon won by forty today, and Urban Meyer did, did a double take. He's like, Oregon won by forty. That, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. That's pretty interesting. So that's that in my head because I knew it was close for a little bit at that game, and I think that weird fumble Jameis Winston had was like the turning point, and they ended up winning like sixty to twenty or something stupid like that. But I will continue because I can just think of games. Okay, so it's gonna the first year. No, I already went through the first games the first year. Um, I'll tell you who it ain't. It ain't Michigan State and Alabama. No, in fact, only one team scored in that game. Or Notre Dame-Clemson. Yeah. Certainly none of those games. Or Notre Dame-Alabama. Not that game either. Clemson-Oklahoma. And and also... What? I was going to say, and it wasn't Alabama-Cincinnati either. Yeah. Um, Clemson-Oklahoma... Oklahoma was in it for a little bit. I remember that. I actually don't remember a lot from that game. I remember Oklahoma was in it for a second. Okay, so Alabama whooped up Washington. Clemson whooped up Ohio State, so it's not 2016. 2017, Clemson-Alabama first round. Alabama kind of not really whooped them up. Kelly Bryant just sucked. Um, then obviously that was also that was the Rose Bowl where this question stems from. Um, Alabama, ooh, it could be Alabama, Oklahoma in 2018 because I know Oklahoma made a game a bit late. I'm just completely like disregarding the national championship game, too. Um, <laughs> so 2019, LSU, oh, it could be LSU. Oh, fuck. Could be LSU Oklahoma just because LSU scored a hundred thousand points. It's what it's going to be one of these blowouts, and I'm going to guess wrong. Ohio State Clemson that was like a 26-24 something like that, or no, it was more than that because I would have been thinking about not kicking a field goal there for a while. Uh, the next year, now it could also be Ohio State Clemson the next year. <laughs> There's one more game that year that you haven't mentioned yet. Oh, no one's going to mention it. The Rose Bowl played in uh, Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no, I meant the championship that year. Oh, we don't need to. We saw the rematch last night. Mac Jones got benched. <laughs> um, <laughs> so last year, Michigan-Georgia wasn't. Uh, obviously, Alabama-Georgia wasn't. Okay, so it's down to... Oregon, Florida State. Um, yeah, you got like five options. Yeah, it's down least. to Oregon, Florida State, Ohio State, Clemson, twenty twenty, or what's the other one I'm thinking of? Or or uh, Alabama, Oklahoma. I think it's Florida State, Oregon. Is that that's a, that's, that sounded that's like an answer, answer, but I don't want to hold. LSU, Oklahoma. Oh, I knew it was going to be with the second I said that. 
What was the final score? Like 62 to 7? 63-28. Oh, I forgot Oklahoma scored. Oklahoma actually did show up to that game. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. Ah, fuck. I knew I – knew I, when I said that game, when I was going through the <laughs> in my head, I'm like, that's probably it. But I feel like that Oregon-Florida State game is just forgotten. Anyway. Yeah. It was 18-13 to 13 at halftime. Yeah, and then – Oregon ran away with it. Um, uh-huh. yeah, it was a good guess because I knew Oregon won by at least forty. Um, okay, and then and then Kurt, and then after the game ended, Kirk Herbstreit gave some giant like scolding speech to college football fans. Like, can we stop, please, acting like Oregon can't win these tough games? Can we please act like they're not all speed? They're they also tough, please. Blitzed by Ohio. <laughs> not really. It was the same thing. Ohio State comfortably beat them, but it was close. Anyway, my question. NBA, we're going to rank them in order. I'm going to give you three names, rank them in order. Um, All-time steals leaders. All-time steals leaders. Rank them in order. LeBron James, Chris Paul, Allen Iverson. Oh, man. Allen Iverson has to be last. I know he's a point guard, and I know he's actually he was good at stealing, guard. but that dude... Oh yeah, my bad. But he he played significantly less than those. Well, not significantly. Man, LeBron's played like seven more years than him. He has to be above him on the steals list. Um, Chris, I'm I I don't like how confident I am in this. I I think confidence is going to come back and bite me. But I'm pretty sure it's Chris Paul, LeBron James, Allen Iverson. Say it again. Chris Paul, LeBron James, Allen Iverson. That's correct. Yeah. Chris Paul is fourth all time. I didn't didn't believe that. Uh, LeBron James is 10th, and Allen Iverson is 14th. I actually have a really good question for you. I'm very excited to ask this when my time comes. Good. Well, my my question sucks. It's very random. There's like no logic that goes into it whatsoever. Okay. It's just uh, I plucked a random stat. Who led the Chicago Bears in sacks in 2010? Oh man. Um, yep, I told you it sucks there. Um, or no, he was just he had, no, he wasn't in there in 2010. No. Over a decade ago. You, you mean Hakeem Hicks? Is that what I said? No, you said Hakeem Nix, right. who was the receiver for from North Carolina who played for the Giants. Oh, oh yeah, that guy. All right, let's think about this. 2010. Number what were the Bears doing in 2010? Dad? Still had Lovey Smith. They went 11 and 5. Okay, well, that. Okay, so they went to the NFC Championship game that year. Lost to the Packers. Wow. Devastatingly, because Jay Cutler wow. got hurt and whoever their backup was. Um, Caleb Haney. Caleb Haney. Good God. Um, he was a playoff. He was, he was a, a playoff quarterback that day. I remember their third stringer almost let him on a comeback, too. Um, Todd Collins. I don't even know who it was. Okay, so this could be, this could be Brian Erlacher. Could be Julius Peppers. Could be. I think that's all I know. Um, who else is on that? Dude, there's got to be another name. I'm just not thinking of on that defense. Hmm. Oh yeah, it was Todd Collins, wasn't it? The third string. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, he was old. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was. I know of another player on that defensive line, but there's no way he led the team in sacks. He's most known as an internet celebrity now. Um, Who? Spice Adams. Tank Johnson? Spice Adams. Oh! I didn't know he played for the Bears. Yeah, he played for the Bears and 49ers, I think. Um, But, yeah, he was definitely on that team. Um... 
if I couldn't think of a better name, my answer is going to be Julius Peppers, but give me a second. In the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. Can't stop him. Get off. Shout out, Nelly. Um, I had no idea Julius Peppers was even name dropped in a rap song until just now. Oh, yeah, he was in a. Um, fuck. Can't think of the name of the song. Snelly, but um, Julius Peppers. Correct. Let's go. How many? How many sacks did he have? Uh, eight. Eight. I was just kind of just hoping that you forgot that he ever played for the Bears. Oh, no. I remember that. I The Bears are one of those teams that, like, I always root for them. I don't know why. They're like, the Mets are... Because Mitch Trubisky is playing for them? Even before that. even Like, this team, I rooted for the Bears. I remember rooting for the Bears in this game. But the Mets are that for baseball for me. Whoever is my favorite player in the NBA is that for me, who's not on the Cavs. But the, the Bears are just – probably because they're so similar to Cleveland. That's why I was happy when Justin Fields got drafted to the Bears. Not so happy about it anymore because they're ruining my boy. He uh, drugged them through the – he dragged them to that win yesterday. Anyway, my question. More baseball. Yeah. The 2022 Los Angeles uh, Dodgers, who lost in the NLDS – that's so funny uh, – are the seventh team to lead both the American League and the National League in most runs scored – and fewest runs allowed. Which was the last team to do it in our lifetimes? The 2015 Dodgers. We had Zach Greinke and Clayton Kershaw. Is that your answer? Yes. It was the 2001 Seattle Mariners. I feel like they're the answer to every single baseball team. They were. They were so goddamn good. It wasn't a bad guess, 2015, because Granke and Kershaw were lights out that year. It is shocking that mm-hmm. our Arietta walked out of there with the Cy Young. Wow, yeah, he really did, didn't he? There's a whole video on it. It's a really good video on YouTube. You just look up 2015 AL Cy Young. There's a really good video of, like, detailing all the key points of the season for all three of those all guys. Right. well, I... I'm on a bit of a time crunch. Actually, I got a couple more minutes, so we could we don't have to speed our way out of here. But I will say, Astros uh, four. Ah, uh, I don't know yet. No, I want the Phillies to win a couple games at home. I'll say Astros in six. That's fair. All right, you can use this time to officially apologize to Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, I thought you were all sizzle with no substance, but son of a gun, you are fantastic this postseason. He's unbelievable. Uh, I believe you have a 419 batting average, something like seven home runs. I don't know. This, the stats are escaping me, but uh, they are no, like unbelievable. He was, it's funny, too. He almost, like There was an argument for him not winning the NLCS MVP because of Reese Hoskins was so big. But, yeah, Bryce Harper – What's wild to me is that entering this postseason, Bryce Harper never won a postseason series. That is crazy. For how good- so basically before before this season, neither Bryce Harper nor Mike Trout had ever won a postseason series. Correct. Well, damn, and that's so shocking considering how good some of those Nationals teams were. Oh yeah, Bryce Harper versus Dusty Baker for reunion in this World Series. Ah, and uh, Dusty Baker getting his shot at a World Series. Yeah. Remember, it did not go well in 2002 with Barry Bonds. Or last year. Or last year, for that matter. Yeah, I got, obviously, um, I'm hoping for the Oh, Astros. yeah, I forgot he was there last year. I'm obviously hoping for the Astros for uh, financial purposes and because my Alex Bregman oh, agenda yeah. is growing once more now that he's playing good baseball again. Yeah. But, yeah, I got the – I'll it? take the Astros in five. A competitive five games. 
I just think they're just too good. I got Astros and they're gonna. I they're agree. gonna jump that bullpen. They're gonna jump that Philly bullpen if Wheeler and Nola aren't on. Philly doesn't have a chance. But it is very impressive. It's gonna be. Are. It's gonna be two 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 Astros two Phillies two Astros two. That's how it's gonna Listen, go. We got a great World Magic, Series. I want Magic to complain Magic about is gonna win either way. Yeah. And uh, we have to wait all the way till Friday for it to get kicked off again. So awesome! Oh, God damn it! There's actually really good college football on during the weekday this week too. Not matching, so it can't be that good. Oh, uh, there's what's the one game? I'm th- I think it's uh, it's not really good, but it's like the perfect like Friday night game where it's like just the perfect level of comp- competitive. Let me pull it up. Mm-hmm. I think it's Utah Washington State, but I may be joking about that or joking but line Ooh, thursday's got two decent like name matchups virginia tech at nc state and then utah at wazoo at 10 p.m that's gonna be oh yeah oh yeah yeah i'm ready basically all right well i gotta get on out of here and it's big 10 week folks next week is sec week this week is big 10 week uh, if you like Ohio State, Penn State, if you like Michigan, Michigan State, this is the week for you. I know that Michigan State's letting everybody down this and year. Illinois, Nebraska, uh, this week is usually even that. better than it is this week. Illinois, Nebraska can't can't, can't forget uh, that. Can't slice there the we line. Go. Yeah, we got probably going to be rubbish. We got Ohio State, Penn State at noon. Illinois at Nebraska at three thirty, and then Michigan State, Michigan at seven thirty. Plates full this week this weekend. All right, yeah, there you go. You can you can uh, enjoy. Oh my God, Northwestern and Iowa. Your a game I will not be watching. Oh, that's but hey, I have to watch that. Anyway, <laughs> well, all right, it's Big Ten week, and that's also taking place during Game Two of the World Series. So make sure that if you're going to be trying to go back and forth, make sure you at least watch Game One so you can get your baseball fix in. That'll be on Friday night. Plenty of sports. We'll get back with you next week. Everybody, take Peace. care.